0: Okay, all you dirt bike delinquents. Uh this is it. Welcome to the first ever Talk Moto show with Jeffro and Wobbs. Yep. Wobbs. Here we are. Here we are. We're doing it. Um just to give you a little insight, this is
1: something that uh we've been
0: sp- speaking about for a
1: fair amount of time. Always yeah. kind of putting it off, haven't we? Yeah, well, we've all got something better to do, but now we thought, you know what? We think the UK needs a, a podcast, a decent chat show almost like a don't know, just so we can talk to a few people, get some lowdown on what's going on, because where do you get your news from nowadays? Where do you get your information from? You know, you look at the right Facebook pages, but if we can cover it all on a bi-weekly show to start off with, then happy days. The key thing for us, though, it's
0: more, it's it's stories. We mm. like the stories, the bench oh racing, God, because yeah. let's be honest, Wobs, we've, we've lived for a few of them ourselves, <laughs> um, which is why we're doing, another reason why we're doing this. Off the back of this, just to give a little insight of where we're from, for those of you that are old enough, You'll know. A younger generation. See this? Now this, uh, let's see. When the first issue, uh, you was the editor of the first issue of Moto back in January 2004. I joined about a year later. Yeah. um, And then we worked together on it. Uh, You as editor, I then followed. Yeah. You was then US correspondent and did all that. And off the back of Moto... That's when we've always said, you know, that was like being in a rock band. And it was. It was funny, yeah.
1: yeah it was quality, yeah. Um, I mean, we got away with murder, really. Yeah,
0: putting the magazine together, you know, yeah. like with Tim and Blissey and Matt Allard, Tom Fuller, everybody involved, Justin Day. And when it just sort of disbanded or the team disbanded, and we always said it would be cool to get that back one day. And now here it is in digital form.
1: Exactly, because print media's fucked. I mean... <laughs> Like when we were doing it, you know, we lost Loaded and Lads Mag and FHM, all them. If they can't survive, you got it's no funny hope. Funny that you relate to them, isn't it? You've got, <laughs> hey. you got no hope, have you? <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's all digital media now. So if we can revisit that with the same kind of format, speak to the right people, people who are comfortable with us because we know them for decades, they're not trying to throw anybody under the bus. We're trying to just get to it and have a bit of a laugh along the way, really.
0: Of course, you've uh, you've you're doing good with Dot Wob and everything, and we're gonna utilize your space here and all the memorabilia. Yeah, My
1: little man cave is actually being reformatted as a studio now. Yeah. It wasn't being used at the end of the day. I spent all this time and money and don't let anybody in it.
0: So it's it's good stuff. Not only are we obviously going out on YouTube, a visual uh, Effort by us guys, but we're going to be going out obviously as a podcast as well, and you'll be able to see us on, hear us, sorry, on
1: Spotify and Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Yeah,
0: um, like our guest who we're going to bring on in a minute. He likes to listen to his podcast at night. He's just told us so. uh, Very nice. I dread to think
1: what kind of podcast they are. Yeah, yeah, (laughs)
0: bad stuff. But uh, no, it's good stuff. And as we grow this thing, as Rob said, we're going to get more guests on. Hopefully, get more industry involved. Outside of the podcast, we're also looking to do more stuff on the channel as well. So uh, we're going to grow this thing, Wobs. aren't yeah, we? your department more than mine, I know, Jeffrey. I know. Um, I'm up
1: for that because you're busy with... Fairly busy with the titanium business. Fairly. And the event is quite big now. And, you know, the normal business is always... Feels like we're playing catch-up because we've always got something going on. Yeah. So if you can go out and do some bike tests or you can... I think first up, we're going to test the VMXTN race bikes. That'd be fun. And then if you can get out there and as long as it doesn't interrupt with your... Yamaha deal. It won't. Shameless plug, by the way, because you are officially the first
0: sponsor of the (laughs) the first ever (laughs) Talk Moto show with Jeffro and Wobbs. Exactly. Um, We've got to start somewhere. So, by sponsoring it, you've gone out. Wobbs, by the way, has put his hand in his pocket and bought all the equipment. I've done nothing at this point. It's quite expensive. (laughs) It's quite expensive. So we're up and running.
1: Yeah, here we are. First one, let's get going.
0: First one, let's get going. So talking of which, um, we, you, if you want to get hold of us at any point, I've got it here in front of us. we uh, we got a website address, an email address. It's infotalkmoto at gmail.com. Talk as in T-O-R-Q. It'll play on words there. Yeah. And moto,
1: a little tip. to a little the, tip, to, what little we tip
0: to, to the glory days back then when we were magazine
1: editors. So if anybody's got any questions, anybody's got any guests they want to see on... If there's anything you want us to do, uh, within reason, we will ask them questions,
0: and we'll be all over social media, won't we? Well, we'll be all yes. over it. Yes, um, little snippets. I'll be out and about at races as much as I can. So will Wobbs. And I said, you know, we're in, we're in the industry. Like to think we are. We've been we in a, a long time. We know a few people.
1: We know a few folks. Yeah.
0: Talking, to knowing people. Let's uh, let's bring on the first ever guest, and we're I'm pumped nope. uh, with this because it's it's relevant. At He's the moment, relevant. It's current. <laughs> he it's might current. Feel it. Um, so first guest is Team GB. MX of Nations team manager, Mark Chamberlain. Hey.
2: Hello. How's it going? It's good all good, year.
0: mate. It's all good. Thanks um, for having me. It's great to have you on at such oh, short gosh. notice because, let's be honest, we've, um, like we said, we're, we're kind of thrown it together pretty quick this first one. So thanks for coming up here and and coming on, especially so soon after Erne, you know, which was, was epic. So let's get the ball rolling with that.
1: Yeah, Erne uh, was last weekend. Yeah, so pretty much so. What happened, Mark? Talk to us. Talk about us. the event, the event, let's talk about the event before I mean, we get into epic. them. I know they were throwing out the names, they had 100,000 there, but was that over two days?
2: Yeah, I think the way they the way they count it is how many times they come through the gate, so yeah. essentially it could be divided down, it could be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but it's still probably 50,000.
1: Always, always looks epic there, but I mean everybody is... Crammed into one flat section at the bottom of the track.
2: Oh, it's, it's, it's an it's immense, mint. yeah, it's, it's an immense mega. place, isn't it? The way that it's, um, you know, it's small, fairly small for that bigger crowd, but yeah. it works, and the atmosphere is amazing. And like talking to the riders, like they can really hear yeah, yeah, yeah. the crowd, like you know, when anything's happening. And it's always
1: a good race. Oh, it's, it's always good.
2: It's good, isn't it? It's good. Never isn't been that? boring there, is it? And Let's the French honest. fans love it, don't they? And the commentators, the way they get the the, the fans engaged, you know, that's. That's the what I like. You know, about I used it. to think
1: that Bercy Supercross. I remember being at Bercy. You know, like the front rail, like their feet were like kind of level the top of your head, and you stood on the start thing, and they're they're saying something in French, going off, and you hear all this <laughs> screaming and shouting and all these air horns, and you look up, and they're just sitting there like this. You're like, oh, trust me. Well, who's doing all the screaming and shouting? It's all piped through the speakers.
0: <laughs> this time they want they want sitting still. They're no. making a lot of noise when they um, when they. They got them singing the French national anthem before, oh, I yeah. think, every moto pretty much. And listen, I'm British, you know, and we've, let's be honest, we've had a few dust ups with the French down there. Yeah, the they haven't been our best friends um, sometimes. But yeah, yeah, genuinely, like, I, I haven't got much hair on the back of my head, mind, by you, but the, <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, you know, hairs on my arms. Yeah. It was it was proper electric when you was in the crowd. No, you
2: could feel it, couldn't you? And, and then when they were, when they, they got them all to be quiet before the start, you know, to, like, to get them, to get that many people. To be that quiet, you know. And even like cool. there was the odd, the odd chainsaw going, oh, and they'd even like try to they get them stopped, and then it'd be quiet, and then it'd be two minutes, and then like woof, the crowd cool. goes again. Oh, it's an immense event, isn't it? I yeah, I've always love it, it at
1: night. They still have like car engines. Oh with like yeah, no exhaust on them, just pouring fuel in the top of them. Well, it's it immense! Like popper feels scary, doesn't it? It's popper feels like this is out of control. Yeah,
0: if you've ever seen uh, Back to the Future Two, it was like being out of Biff's outside Biff's Pleasure Dome. It was <laughs> mental up there. There was I didn't go up there. I've just seen videos from the likes of uh, Jordan Booker, Bayliss, the Bayliss brothers and whatnot. But I heard the stories. Uh, Roger Warren, who was actually commentating on the event, he, yeah. he had hardly any sleep. And that was down in the pits, oh, you know, because no, you could so hear bad. up there. I had one story. There was a bloke stripped naked and zip-tied to the back of a van. Nice.
1: Like, literally, like <laughs> a crucifix. And
0: they were driving him around, and everybody was just chucking
1: stuff oh. at him. I, I don't know, we had that a little him. bit of Unadilla one year. We used to go out in the team mm-hmm. mule's. Driving around, and they were just throwing stuff at us, and it was scary. We had to get yeah. out of there. It was gnarly. It was good, though. So, to go off track a little bit, you mentioned Back to the Future then. You know, if Back to the Future was filmed today, it would go back to 1993.
0: And there's me thinking that you're busy and got a load on. <laughs> is, that, up is, that, that is that though? Is That's that like you,
1: when I first went to the States? Is that how your brain, the,
0: yeah. you, you think random stuff? Oh, okay, I, think of I never all knew kinds that. Of stuff. Random
1: fact. <laughs> yeah, it's like crabs. Do crabs think that fish fly?
0: This is a whole new podcast oh. we're going into here, so I've got to be honest. You have to ask these questions. You, you? I, I can't answer that. Um, but the event, from your standpoint, actually trying to put aside being a team manager, you know, did can you feel that energy, or do you, are you just so focused on the job in hand because you don't get to go out into the crowd? You know, once we get rolling on both days, that's the other thing. It's not, the team management thing is, is a big gig. You're like, you're on it, like literally. You haven't got time much to think. So do you feel that energy as, yeah. a,
2: as a as a team manager? I oh, know, definitely. I mean, to be honest, the, uh, quite a lot of the sessions, especially on Saturday, <clears throat> I went into the crowd to watch because um, Saudi was on the infield. So I went the opposite side just so, so the radio comms were, you know, relevant and we could see more of the track. But um, no, stood in that, stood in the crowd It's just, yeah, it's immense. Like the feel, yeah, you do, but then you're lost in the moment you're in and you're you're only watching our guys mainly. So, you know, to to try and keep on top of that, but you can't help but to get wrapped up in the atmosphere at the same time because it's so loud. It's just, yeah, it's insane. But they've done a great job. Down on the start, somewhere else, is it? we down on that gate
1: and there's like all the crowd to the left of you. The riders must feel it. I mean, it's tense. I was down there as a goggle guy and it was tense, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Do you, you... Feeling the energy, but do you do you get nervous? Like as a team, as a team manager, no matter where you are in the world, wherever they do them, like it says France is a great example. You know, a partisan crowd, so. They're firing everybody up. Do you? Does that then fire you up to think from from a British perspective? You know, and and even more patriotism comes out in you because because it's that kind of event.
2: Yeah, you always get wrapped up in that at the at the nations. I mean, <clears throat> you can't help but not to, can you? Really, like you know, if you're there as a fan, if you're there as a rider, if you're there as a you know team personnel, whatever the case may be we're all there cause we love it. So to get, you know, to be that close and to be in amongst it, like, you know, you'd have to be pretty um, switched off from it all. And right, I don't, so, I get into it. I love it. You know, and I'm watching the riders and obviously I want our guys to do the best and I'm only watching them, but at the same time, like that atmosphere around you, like you can't help but to be sucked in. And that's what the event, why it's such a great event. Yeah. And you know, even afterwards, like British fans, you're talking to them and you know, they just, they had an amazing weekend. Um, because the event is that good yeah so you know you, you've always got to keep that in mind why we're there in the first place and also that that's it's a very special it's the most special event in motocross and no, we've, and we've so. all got yeah. to hold Hands that Yeah, 100 you know? it's the best weekend of the year
1: i mean you know you've done them at Matley.
2: is there more pressure at Matley, or is it more pressure when you or is it just the same uh, it's the same really i mean i didn't Matley was my first one so you know pretty much in at the deep end i suppose but there was just a lot of support so it was it we never felt like pressure there's just more like yeah. if there's more people there saying good luck and well done and whatever well, you pulled and, off the podium kid first time well number. yeah <laughs> yeah he started good didn't He started good yeah, it kind of gone downhill yeah, down a little bit since then <laughs> got sense.
0: everybody's expectations flying from the start yeah but the like i said the the passion of it and and being amongst it that does that do you actually try to channel that towards the riders you know as a team manager they they've ridden a lot obviously and they're pros but like we just said the motocross nations is a is a very different animal it's a different thing from a team management standpoint do you have you got like a generic speech like that you'd give to each rider or do you depending on the character
2: No, it depends on the character you just try to portray as much you know or you get across to the riders and to the whole team like how much it means to everyone and um you know like you were there at the dinner on the friday night and yeah. it means a lot it means a lot to me for those riders to understand how much it means to the fans because um they they you know we've all got accountability to the fans because that's why we're there in the first place you know they're license holders or they're they're buying bikes and they are our industry so you can't not think of them and the way that they feel because essentially that race you're not an individual rider and that's it. You're a team and you're riding for your country and we're all accountable to everyone because that Team GB is everyone's. It's not anyone's. You know, it's not so like- do you
1: feel like some of the riders, you need to pump them up or you need to calm them down?
2: No, I don't know. Essentially, they're, they're all pretty good. They're professional. So it's not, you know, they, at that level, they just they just need a bit of, I think, a little bit of um, reassurance that um, everyone's behind them, you know, and we all want them to do well. That's the message I've always tried to portray, you know, because you can't, you can't just like, you know, you can't change their mindset over one weekend, but you can reinforce, look, this is where we're at. This is where we're at as a team. And this is what we expect. And everyone expects, like, just go there and just give your best. And That's all you can hope for on the weekend. And it's such a lottery, that that type of event. It's it's no different to at the minute watching the Rugby World Cup. You know, England were written off before the start of it. They're now in a semi-final because the Nations is the same as a knockout competition at World Cup level. It's all about that one event. So anything leading up to it means absolutely zero unless you can convert the final bit. You can be the number one team in the world. If you don't go all the way, you're not world champions. And exactly the same for the nations. You can be world champion individually or you can be Jet Lawrence and go undefeated. But you go there and, okay, you might have been happy with your second race result. But, you know, their team got second is a great result. But I'm sure they they still want to win as a team. So no matter how good an individual performance, you can be proud of yourself. But at the same time, if the team doesn't perform together, you're still not quite there. So you've got to try to, everyone's got to, gel and you know the French will go home the happiest because as a team they won no matter what those individuals done you know as a team they've got something very special to go away with and that's what I love about that event it's not an individual individual event like motocross normally is yeah that's a mantra
0: I've heard you say that from the get-go actually so you've come into the job with that from the very start I remember you saying that at Mattingly. going back to the very start so how did it how did it come about regards of you getting the actual gig um was it an email? Was it a phone call from the ACU? And, and was I, that guess like five, I guess five or six years ago, must have been almost like uh, getting. Well, maybe the same. Level. I mean, representing your country, no matter what level, team manager or rider, is It's a big deal. So you know, I guess almost like getting an OBE or MB or something like that. Wouldn't you know, know. how happen. how did it come about?
2: Well, I was like everyone watching as a fan, <clears throat> you know, and um, and I was just I felt like a few things needed changing, and I sent an email in. And just said, look, this is a proposal and and I, this is the way I feel. I love love watching the event. I'd like to be part of it. And just just basically went that way. And no doubt, you know, someone now might be doing the same thing to me oh, going, you know, something n- needs to be changed now. So all I was doing was said, look, this is, I've got a few ideas. <laughs> basically. And this is almost, what I'd like to do.
0: You almost sent in a CV without yeah, asking you yeah. a CV. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's fair, fair
0: yeah, play. Yeah, I put I myself forward.
2: That's just said, deal. look, I would like to do something. If things, you know, there was a rumor that things might be changed. And I said, "Look, I just like to put my ideas forward and my name forward, and to give it a go. And and I feel passionately about uh, British motocross and the team, and and I want to give it a give it a shot. And they come in, and then we went and had a, you know, went and had an interview type thing with the ACU, um, with the committee, and went through the proposals, and then it was accepted that that I was going to give it a shot. So yeah, I mean, I thank the ACU for that because it's never easy, you know, like to make a change or." it's quite easy just to carry on, isn't it? You know, yeah. so, you know, I appreciate their support. And like I say, but someone might have different ideas and that's why I never take it for granted. You know, like each year is a case if you do the best you can and then we go back and we see and then it's down to the the committee ultimately to make that decision on, on whether I continue.
0: Yeah. Well, you started off good. Let's, let's go back actually, like we said, to Mattelie, your first your first one. I mean, that to start at home, and effectively your first day on the job. It was team
1: then, Max,
2: Max, Max Tommy, Dean, and Dean. Dean Tom, and yeah. Tommy. Yeah, the team
1: though. Yeah, yeah, it the was team. a
2: good team. It was a good team. We had, but we, have you know, each each year that I've I've done it, we've had problems. You know, Tommy was riding with a broken ankle that we didn't know at the time. He was carrying an ankle injury that turned out to be a fracture. Um, you know, so that was that was tricky. But you know, the boys all managed it really well, and just. i got to admit,
1: I was wrong because you picked Max, and I'm like, oh. But he stepped up, didn't he? He did. Well done standing
2: up, up. Well, and hey, admitting it. I have been wrong on occasion. <laughs> oh, Max is one of those guys, isn't he? you oh, know, he he's, he you know the performance Bless him. was um, was amazing. Oh, and, and Leading Brilliant. up to it, like within the team, what I was what I enjoyed most about that was watching Dean and Tommy talk Max up all week. You know, they were they could see how fast he was going, and they were just reassuring him that he was going. If you ride like that at the weekend, you're going to win. And that was like Tuesday, yeah. You know, and they all week, and then on the podium, um, Which, you know when was, we when yeah. we got third on the on the podium, like Tommy and Dean were both going, "Oh, Max, you were just a man today. He you were the man. man." And that was so nice to see because that's what yeah, the event yeah. is about, and that's what I want Team GB to be about. You know, they weren't there. You know, Tommy wasn't sulking because he hadn't achieve what he wanted to achieve. And his class won that a few times yeah. at that event. Yeah. He was just buzzing for Max and buzzing for the team that were on the podium. And that's the mentality you need to succeed at the Nations.
0: I mean, I said leading into it, you, that must've been such a big buzz that your first ever one and, and being at Matterly. going back to that one, were you, were you, ner- were you nervous? At, like at the time on a personal level, as if to say, right. Okay. All eyes are on me. I know it's a team thing, but you know, a big change, like I said, a new new team manager coming in, at home nations, you know, at any point as we're getting nearer to the event, did did you have any doubts uh, yourself personally about your ability to do the job?
2: Um, I I, I guess like you know, <clears throat> going a bit personally, I'm I have a little bit of self doubt on different things, like and I, and I but I push myself through that, like. But everyone's got a little bit of that, whether yeah. it be you call it nerves or whatever else. Like I, I, think I often have that. We,
0: we
2: were nervous starting this web, weren't we? I was <laughs> yeah, you, but you've just got to push through, haven't you? So it's yeah, that same exactly. thing. Like, and once you get going, like there's certain things that I'm like I'm not ideal, like speaking and that whole thing of. Being in front of a camera is not necessarily my ideal scenario. Like, I've done this because you asked me. Well, she said that before we got there. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's only because you asked me and you've been so good to me. So I'm like, oh, I'll have to say yes. And then afterwards, this morning, I'm driving up thinking, why did I say yes?
1: (laughs) I hate filming stuff
2: but um, that's part and parcel of it though. There's certain elements, you know, that I love and there's certain elements of it that I, you know, you push yourself through because you, but then everyone's like that. The riders, you know, you, we ask them to do certain things and there's no doubt there's things that I asked the riders to do. That, oh no God, now we've got to do that. But they, you know, we've all got to do things we don't like in life. Yeah. So it's just part of it. But now back to your question, did I feel nervous? Not really. I think I just was buzzing the yeah. whole time. Like I really, I just felt like the whole thing was just such a buzz. Was that the best one you've had as a nation's manager? Uh, they've all been good for different reasons, I've got to say. And the like,
1: one in Assen was a pull out a, of the back.
2: Assen was amazing because, like, we had, you know, to see um, Nathan Watson, like, a factory KTM have a clutch issue was unheard of. And yeah. then, like, you that feeling of uh, almost like it's gone. And then for the French team to have a problem on the last lap and then Simo to be charging and come through and get no, enough to nick else. a podium... That was an amazing feeling. To yeah. be fair, you know, and then Italy was again was a was another great one because um, we were so close to like so close that could have been a different result, you know. So and, and again another another different combination of riders. So and it, it was it was very. I was really proud of the team each time that we had the podium. That and it was a slightly different combination because a lot of people would say, "Oh, you know, like." one like that's begin with oh, are you a bit lucky or then it was the riders or whatever and then because of the different different riders to get you know Sterry to uh, get have that feeling yeah. for nathan watson to have that feeling ben watson tommy max dean you're talking about a lot of riders a lot of different combinations and that's yeah, something yeah, i'm yeah. really proud of not myself i'm not proud of myself i'm proud of the boys because that's like you look at that and you go no no that's that's really great that that amount of riders have tasted a podium for team gb yeah i know a lot of now we're losing or starting to get to that age but that's still a great thing you know that's yeah and comrade you know comrade in italy so we've got a vast range of people that that have experienced it and that, that i'm really proud of you know that's good for those guys they've got memories that they can retire with and you know, no one can take that away from those guys, no chance. No, representing your country
0: is just monumental. You know, you want to get a good result off the back of it, but obviously just to to represent Team GB... I but mean- that
1: brings us on to the age thing of, you know, where do you see the future? You know, without sounding like I'm trying to throw anybody, anybody under the bus, I'm not seeing a load of big names coming through. You've got Billy Askew coming up. I'm not seeing many others. I mean, are you?
2: I mean, am I missing something? No, I think, to be fair, I think if you look at... Um, if you look at like the Coupe de l'Avenir and some of the junior groups, so the last two years, you know, the, the, the Coupe, they've had a win and a third. Yeah. So if you compare that to other countries, there's why is there a reason that those guys can't then come through? I know we've got a little bit of a gap now, but for me it's the transition between... Um, getting them from that youth age where they're all holding their own at the minute in different areas. So it's not like we've been blown away in any of the classes no. at those races. So it's linking the coop to European to the nations. And I think where we've got the gap is going from the coupe to EMX. Yeah. So, and then that's what I think needs looking at is to bridge, the gap between that, because there are some good youngsters there, but if they get to that point and then they just stay in the UK then we're going to struggle then to get them to step up when it, when it counts for the nation. So if it's me or what I, I'm looking at is that, f- is that point between yeah. the two, is how do we get those kids to EMXs on 125s? So they go on the 125s, then they go into EMX 250, and then they en- end up in MX2. So we've got, you know, look the, the Askew is a perfect, Billy Askew is a perfect example. So he gets that opportunity, the only thing I would say with that is that I would have liked to have seen from a personal perspective is that he had done that on a 125 and it wasn't going where he's like gone there, he's done the UK and then now he's gone from winning in the UK to now he's got a jump to EMX 250. And, and you know, he's good and I think he's good enough to, to make that jump. Yeah, me too. Okay. But if you miss steps, you make it harder in my opinion. So it's making sure that we tr- get as many people go through that process as possible.
0: So the, the, the coupe, you know, as as now you've got Dave will it running the show or, you know, picking the team for that, you know, Dave Garland prior to that. Is that obviously that's a good starting point because that that would be getting them used to team competition, European competition, although it's not an EMX. So are you in early stage you know, have you and Dave already at this point had, had a conversation? Is it likely that you two potentially go and pitch something to the ACU to maybe influence um British motocross the british motocross championship they're trying to align it more with emx competition i mean it's got to be a good thing if you if you could go and talk to the acu about that
2: yeah no definitely i mean that's something that we haven't officially spoken about it but i've had you know several conversations with dave and you know through my company armorvision we've helped that that junior world yeah. because i felt it's important to to be involved you know separate from the team gb thing for me it's really important to to cultivate that that youth for all of I mean, us. Dave's doing a great job
1: with the money. Yeah, he just
2: yeah. now yeah. just need to get that. It needs to have those steps. That's all. We just need to try and come together to get those steps. So no, definitely. I mean, the dust settling on this year's race, and then it's a case of sitting down and going right. Okay, like where's the plan and how do we go forward? But like I say, it's that's down also down to the ACU. We need to sit down and discuss the the future and and how do we plug those gaps and. But it's not just the ACU's responsibility for that. It's the mindset of the riders, the riders' families, because not everyone is getting funding through their federations. You know, there is some federation programs, but to be realistic, they're not all getting that. That. So we've we, you've got to strike a balance. Like it's not all on any one person, and that's why everyone needs to pull together. Yeah. To try and make a little bit more of a structure, if possible. But you know the, this, we got some good we got some good kids still, I think, in there. Yeah. But it's and just as far as your them.
1: team selection goes. You know, you've only got one Grand Prix rider in the UK right now. I mean, whichever way you dice it up, that ain't good.
2: No, that's tough. I mean, obviously, like Bobby Bruce done some in the two fifties before he got injured, but yeah. and you had Rizzy in there for a bit, and then he came in. But no, but, but like, that's still per, not per, s- no, small not. numbers, isn't
0: it? Compared with like what, what we were we were at in the the, the you nineties, know, like I mean, that, that was the
2: grading list,
1: and on the five hundred grading list, Thorpe and Nickel were already automatic. There was another nine. And there was three guys like your wheelers and your Germans and your Stuart coils had to get Irish licenses. Yeah. So that was like fifteen English guys at the Grand Prix in one class. Then there's two fifties and one two five classes because everything was separate back in the day.
2: Yeah, we well, just We well, were speaking earlier, weren't we? It's it's hard to it's hard to put your finger on it. Is it is it financial because the GPs have become harder to to get to and more expensive? Uh, there's there's more, more of them as well, by the there's way. There's more races. There's you know, more series in the UK, so yeah. there's more racing to do here. Yeah. Where before you had the, the British Championship, they go and do some French Internationals. They do some GPs. Well, exactly.
1: No French Internationals anymore. No, they no, Stopped overnight.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's not just us suffering. So there is a there is a like a a thing that everyone has to adapt to at the minute. So we're all we're all not in an ideal place. UK is not the only one no, that. I, I was just
0: gonna say that as as Team GB. MX Nations manager do you, do you think in the UK we put too much emphasis on it regardless regards of what you read on social media you know we're not doing we're not doing enough to develop young talent and you know and the UK's behind and all that but are we really you know are we just so like focused on the UK
1: is is the problem that we have is also happening in some other countries as well not all of them but oh, yeah. still I are... mean back in the day we used to have say 15 500 grand prix riders but there'd be 60 guys trying to qualify Now you've got 20 guys on the line, whatever they end up with. So every country has got less guys going. So it's not just a problem we've got. No. It's like a problem for every federation or every country. They haven't got as many riders on that level. Yeah. And whether it's a paid thing, because, you know, we both know as a team, you've had teams, you're desperate for the next talent. Yeah. You're You're not just looking for money because the money will come if you get the right rider. And, you know, you guys like, again, Billy Askew, you know, you'd need to get him on and then get the sponsors in.
0: I think you're right. I agree with the EMX side of it because obviously there was, let's effectively say that internationals were back in the day, like your well, yeah. no, but they were, you learning. learning. They were almost your apprenticeship to go and do GPs. GPs yeah. There wasn't really EMXs back in, in no, the day. You, you literally came, came from a domestic championship straight to GPs. So, you know, and, and the high end
2: of GP, certainly GP is obviously harder but then to get don't, into. Don't you think also that so s- so society to... changed a little bit as well? Absolutely. Because, yeah, you, changed, I remember like when you were going and you were van sharing and then oh, you yeah. talked about you Wheeler there. and there was, yeah. you know, there was several of them all going in the same to, yeah, s- to cut costs, yeah, yeah. which then like that's not happening. So you have got a little bit, you can blame the system to a degree. But then you've also got to look at yourself and go, okay, as a society, we have changed a little bit. It's not quite the same as oh, let's all jump in a van together, you know, like, do you all need to go in your individual motorhomes? No, you don't need to. No. But a lot of people do. And then you... But, you know, you so used to
1: make it pay by going and qualifying, getting your 1,000 yeah, Swiss francs. there is that. No. And then you'd do a French international, like on a Tuesday or something, <laughs> and then get paid for that. And then you'd be out for like four or five weeks.
0: I think what we were talking about before we came on air, that there's so many contributing factors to yeah. it. Like I said, there's, there's... Now, there's more domestic championships. There's more, like, social media. You can be like a big... You know, like a big fish a big fish in a small pond now. Oh, yeah. You know, that you can go and win a championship in the UK to try and get a sponsorship for your kid or whatever. You think, yeah, you're the man because you're winning that. You know, and it's it's aspirations, how far you want to go, isn't it, really? If you really want to go and do it and and have that short window of opportunity and say, right, I'm gonna give it my best shot, which from my standpoint as a rider back in the day, that's what we collectively decided to do as a family. Yeah. It's like, right, we're gonna roll a dice, we're gonna see how far we can go with this because it's a short window. Hmm. I got good enough to get on the grading list and it's like, and I could, are we going to go and do GPs? Yeah. Hell hell yeah. 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 Because but you could pick and choose, you can because go to the French is, one and then yeah, you go do exactly. the
1: locally ones.
0: But also that moment, Wobs, it was more of a case of like, right, I, I'm going to regret if I don't go and do that. I might yeah. come up ridiculously short, but let's see, how, even if we I'll did go. it for one year to see where it leads to. Yeah. And I just think it would be cool to see more British riders come out of their comfort zone you know which you could argue is not good for the sport in the UK if they if they're travelling to EMX and putting their investment into that but we like mark said we've got to somehow bridge the gap i don't from, know whether that EMX is, I'll tell you right so like
1: you got to enter the whole season or can you show up and yeah, you do, can a, do wild one card. a one a yeah of the yeah card. you can do okay. individuals but,
0: yeah you know i've been calling races for a long time obviously at the, you know at the MX nationals and arena cross and all those things and we we've got some really good talented young yeah. riders we do but they're not they're not on the platform that they should be with some other European countries. And that's the bit that I agree with. Somehow we've got to get more of them doing EMX, whether they make the grade or not, but at least go and try to get your speed up. And well, you, and you, if you don't make it, you're travelling around Europe as a family. And what, what making memories? Because let's yeah. be honest, we could sit here and talk about memories from GPs,
1: all of us, for five hours and not even talk about <laughs> bikes. Good times. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly that. But again, like I say, the world's a different place. Maybe you, you can't do what we did
2: but then maybe <laughs> we maybe maybe we need to reset our expectations and of other people as well you know you've got a it's difficult isn't it? we all want the best but we can't go back in time times have changed how can we how can we change with it to try and get the max maximum out of those british kids is the is for me has got to be the question you've got to ask yourself we're not going to be able to change the system um no, they're changing got- slightly though they have bought the price down of, of yeah. certain entries so they're realizing that they need to give a little bit to get some more numbers back in. So, you you know, it's always never going to be perfect for anyone, but we've got to, we've got to roll our sleeves up and the Brits yeah, have got to go. Yeah, I mean, have things have
1: changed. I mean, look at, you know, Malin, for example. You know, who's Grand Prix at 16. Hmm. I mean, when did he win in France on that 500? He wasn't very old.
2: Well, I think he was 17, wasn't 17. he? 17. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he
1: was riding 500 Grand Prix and winning them. Yeah. You know, and that's... But uh, the world's a different place now. You know, maybe you can't do that. But then, know? to
2: be fair, I think Mailer and, and Dobby at that time were exceptional like they were like we that, don't realize how good yeah. they were at that yeah. time like we sort of almost it's not just a case of they, they those two were like bang they could have been you know they both could have been multi, multi-time world with champions big time
0: I agree with that what what I'm saying I think we're too too critical saying oh, when's the next big thing and all that you've got to bear in mind when you get to the high end of sport it's, it's not necessarily a nationality thing I think you're either like you know or coaching to a degree you either have that that world class killer instinct as yeah. an athlete, you know, or, or you don't. It, don't. it doesn't really matter where you where you're born. I mean, let's look at okay, Tommy. right? Okay, so obviously Dobby was our last world champion. Following him was really Tommy was you could say it, like world class. Obviously, yeah, Tommy's been our best guy yeah, for like yeah, ten years. You know. And I remember watching him for the first time at Matchams, and he wasn't you know racing youth motocross as such at that time. He wasn't He wasn't a big name, but you, but you could just tell there there was there was that kind of star quality about him and certainly like the grit and determination to go yeah. there so i don't think that's always about coaching you want to nurture it but let's be honest like world-class athletes they don't come along every no. every day
1: i mean looking back it's dead easy to you know hindsight and all but tommy should never have gone to the states when he went you know the year muscam won the world championship he was on a random french honda team that was struggling and ktm needed somebody so they poached yeah. him as best Whatever word they got him on halfway through the year, and he won the world championship for him. Had Tommy stayed, Tommy would have been that guy because the people in front of him had all left. Carioli had gone up, Rattray had moved. Yeah. Tommy was, you know, second in the world. And he would have been world champion multiple times, I believe. And then but, he could have gone to the States, but he decided to go to the States for what reason? Got hurt doing supercross, like they all do.
0: That's sure. another thing, like I said, we could, we could and would and should talk for hours about how we like nurture. British talent, but it's like I said, from my standpoint, it's out there. We we have got some, you know, some really talented riders. Are they are they absolutely world class from the get go? Maybe not, but there's there's some riders out there with like the right opportunities and and whatever, and putting them on that platform to compete. Uh, That's the trouble. We're not sending enough riders for whatever reason. To go and even see where they sit in the grand scheme of things in EMX competition, we haven't even got that many no, that's why British riders Bascu doing it.
1: You know, he's having a go. Yeah, yeah. No, that's he's nice right to see. Yeah, he's you having know, a Britain,
2: go. British team, British rider, um, and they're going to go for it. And you just got to wish them the best because that's what we need. And then hopefully that what that might trigger is other people doing it because that's essentially what happens as well. Like if you get people pulling back from it, they're all in a fairly small paddock talking like negatively. Let's say people are like oh that's not a waste of time we're going to stay in the UK all of a sudden you get that mindset Billy breaks that mindset and goes and then they come back and talk in a positive light all of a sudden you've got other guys there going do you know what I actually want to give it a go and then the British GP rolls round hopefully there's one with the nations it's not on the calendar but hopefully there is one that the EMX guys take that as the home opportunity because they're like oh Billy you. Billy's doing well you know, and then and then the cycle starts again, yeah, and yeah. I do believe it goes. it will. I, I
0: agree. Yeah, I've I've seen enough. There's been more 65 and 85 riders doing some EMX this year. Um, somebody, one kid that is breaking the mold regards of the current mold. Anyway, little kid called Harry Dow. He's you you probably haven't heard of him, and maybe you haven't even marked. He's he's from the UK, but he doesn't even race in the UK. No, he's Holland based. He, based, he? he based, yeah, he, he races Dutch. in Holland, Belgium. He's been absolutely ripping it basically winning pretty much everything. He was unfortunate not to win the actual, you know, the the junior worlds and whatnot. Um, But he's winning races on the 65. He's now moving up a real proper, genuine, I believe without dumping a lot of pressure on early doors, Um, you know, but the kids out there already winning in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to see more people commit to that. And you know what, if that means that we have to sacrifice seeing some of our British talent racing on UK shores, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd yeah, have yeah. that. I'd, I'd accept that. I'd be like, well, oh, I'd rather we have some riders that are at the sharp end of GPs than seeing them grace, you know, domestic motocross, particularly where it is in the UK with so many championships on a weekend, week out. You're like, oh, let's get them all there together. Was a, f- there was a lot on.
1: Yeah. There was a lot on. And I think that dilutes the importance of each championship because back in the day, you were British champion. That's big news. Yeah. That was a big deal, you know?
0: It was. Yeah, definitely a big. Deal. <coughs> not,
1: not saying it's not now, but it doesn't seem as big as it was. You know, with your Paul Luntz and your Roger Arviz back in the day, to be British champion was a big deal.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: but I don't know. It seems to be diluted a bit now.
0: So going back to the actual event as such, then you know, go, going way back again to, to Matley first time around, that you started off, I said, incredibly well. What an what an amazing thing! Your first ever gig, putting us, you know, on on the box or with all the team and. But you played an integral part of that by choosing those riders for for one, all that experience, then going into the the ones that followed. Did you? What did you take from that first one? And and have, over the years, it's like a two pin question here. Over the years, what have you, what have you added to it? What have you learned about yourself? In regards of have you had to stop doing one thing? Have you looked, Have you assessed after each one and gone? I could have done that better. I'm going to tweak that next year, and I'm going to behave more like this, or you know.
2: I think it's all you always look you, know, you always look at yourself to say could could we have done you know better as a team <clears throat> I think um like looking after everyone really like although like this year the results weren't where we wanted it to be like the cohesion between everyone the, the race teams you know the two teams the Krenn and Honda team and the Beta t- factory team uh, was probably the best it's been you know, like the communication like getting the mechanics into a into a WhatsApp group uh, when we done the track, we'll get getting the mechanics involved in that as well. Like f- I was happier in a lot of ways with some of the stuff. Like that's been from thinking about things of the past. Like felt like weekends were rushed, and then everyone's been different. Like the US ones were really really difficult, f- like financially. So I was, uh, you know, we were running the the tour. We got Team GB fans there, organizing a meal, passes for everyone, everything else, and like took so much of my time that. A few, this year we nailed a few points that I didn't get last year because I was so absorbed in covering it to make sure that we had enough budget to do it all correctly. And that's like that's again the what the ACU do is really good. They give they, what they do is they give me a budget, and people will criticise and say, "Oh, the budget's not high enough." But you hear Roger DeCosta say his budget's not high enough. Yeah. yeah. The, what the ACU do for me, which is great, is they give me a budget and they then let me run with it they don't say okay there's the budget but you have to do this you have to do that they completely leave leave me and trust that we're going to get the job done the best we can so then i can interact with other sponsors and things like that and bring it all together so that freedom allows us to get the job done yeah. you know what's i don't what's counterproductive in my mind that i've seen in the past is that say you can't afford to get a rider over dean wilson was one in the past to then not get that rider and then quit you know Uh, As a, that's something I'm not willing to do. Like the ACU can say to me, they don't want my services anymore, but what I will not do is because America was tough budget wise, I'm not going to throw my toys out the pram and quit because I think that we can do this and it can be self-funding, which is becoming that way because of effort gone into building that. So, you know, it's quite easy to sort of sit back and go, well, you know, the budget could be better or whatever else. But when Roger DeCosta is saying the same thing, and then the figures they're bandying about are crazy <laughs> no, money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this year they had the big double slide-out trailer and everything for the team to be in between motos. And, you know, I'm looking at that going, well, they yeah, they don't know what a tight budget is. <laughs> no, Do you know no. what I mean? But,
1: <laughs> but what I, I like to get across is like, until you've been involved, you don't realise that, you know, for getting getting a factory KTM rider from America into a factory KTM team in Europe is fairly easy. It's one phone call. Yeah. But you get like Dean Wilson who's on a, the Honda team over there getting them the infrastructure to race it is next to impossible, it's really hard, Did, yeah. and it's like that's you know, that's why you have to think that Roger Da Costa has got three guys who are on Huskies and KTMs because they've got the infrastructure here ready for them to step into. That's why they rode them bikes, yeah. not because they were uh,
0: before you get into answering that question from Wobbs. I know you literally you almost do a self ban on social media, yeah. I know you lean yeah. into the event, you literally pick a point leading into the event and go, I'm not looking at not social anything, media, yeah. you know? And I know you, I know you don't read too much into it anyway, because I've known you long enough to know how passionate you are and strong, mentally strong enough not to get absorbed with that. But it must be leading into point before you make your self-imposed ban. Some of the things, obviously that's the worst thing about social media. Obviously people just dive in, don't they? And they oh, don't, God. it must be frustrating when, when people, you know, are saying do this, do that. And they, you know, they don't even know half the story and you're never really in a position to tell the full story. Like we're just saying, like, just logistics alone, let, let alone, like, getting riders there, just logistics with teams and everything. Because, you know... It, no, we
1: have it with VMX Yeah, the end. Oh, get James Stewart. It ain't that easy, kid. Yeah. You
2: know what I mean? It's not. I think it's it's easy to sit back. It's easy to sit back and, and to criticise. Um, I do switch off to it and I, like, yeah, literally go, right, OK, that's it. I'm not going to... Not gonna look at not that I look and look at it and it's like, oh, it's hurt my feelings. It's just that I don't want my mind to stray. So yeah. I'm just like, well, I'll just just bin it, put it down and um and just forget about it because there's so much positive things anyway coming that you don't need to you don't need to worry about it because m- the majority of the people that comment as it's normally a normally a positive thing and get behind the team. And that's the words I think, get behind the boys, hashtag get behind the boys. Just want to try and encourage everyone to be positive because no matter what cards were dealt negativity is not going to help. So for me, you just got to crack on and be positive. And, you know, back to what you said about the, yeah. the teams and things, you know, like, you know, like not many people know that, um, you know, a few years ago, we had problems with, uh, you know, riders not being able to ride. And then well, even last year, you know, yeah, it, elaborate
0: and- on that. Cause we were talking about that before you came on, you know, like you just saying the issues in last minute decisions and, and getting
1: riders. And there's always in a politics that people don't know about way more than, than people actually. Well, could it is the thought. end of the year. And quite often there's riders who have, at the end of the contracts teams don't really want to do anything for them. so you know it can go it's, it's the end of the year not everybody's best friends what's going on i don't know what's going on i don't on know
0: there. anyway so was just flashed. i couldn't see it anyway yeah so i mean like, regardless of the logistics and getting riders over that's always a, a a big problem when when is the team i know there's always a cut off point regarding of the entry you know you've got to get a team in yeah, and, one and, month. Before. Yeah, one month. Whatever. But when does it? Do you? I guess you always want to. Do you, do you try to leave it as late as you can for any like injuries or or stuff like that? When do you sort of notify the riders that it, they that this is it, guys, you're on.
2: It just depends, to be honest. Like you've got um, I can't read that. You know, like last the last few years, we've had either injuries. We were trying to negotiate riders to get to the race release from the team. And if you're in that situation where you're up against it, like I'm not going to release a team early and then change it, so then I leave it to the last minute, and then I've been criticised, you know, a little bit for that, and saying why am I leaving it so you late?
1: Criticised whatever you do. Everybody's so you, expert, got mate. but
2: we've got we've got to make sure that we provide the best team within reason that we can, and if that means leaving it late, it means leaving it late. But what I don't do is put a team out publicly. And then go oh, okay. Well, we fix that problem now. We'll change it, or whatever. Because that's not respectful to the riders. So I, essentially, I try and keep the communication to the riders the best I can. It's something that from this year, that I I've learned that I need to be better at because you know I didn't communicate with Adam Sterry in the right way. Um, so uh, you know, being self-critical, that wasn't that wasn't the best thing. But um, it's it's always difficult because you're juggling that your time and you know I, I I work as well. You know, it's like it's yeah it's a. It's an unpaid job I'm doing just because I love it. So but that's not an excuse. I always want to do the best that I can. So every year, every year I learn a little bit and people don't understand. But at the same time, everyone's got a right to their opinion. And they back to what I said about the, the fans own the team and whatever else. And that's that is the case. And I had my opinions when I was watching. Yeah, I didn't voice them on social media, but <laughs> yeah. I had my opinion always. But yeah. so I can't criticize them in as a CV and got the yeah, good, exactly.
1: <laughs> bad bad mouth the old manager, and any was. No,
2: I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I yeah, it's
1: like we got the nations this year at Matley, which is a right result. Steve's pulled it out of the bag, so what we can do is get behind it all and just get you know, yeah, that can could, could
2: be massive for the it could yeah. be again, it's another opportunity for for. The next group of young riders to watch that to get involved and look at that and be like, I want to be on that team, and maybe that'll inspire them. You know, hopefully that'll inspire them to be to be really to push on with their individual careers because that event they might not have ever seen it. There might be some young kids that were really talented that haven't been to America's of Nations yet. Yeah, and Matt, they'll come to Matley and watch and like, wow, no, it's awesome. You know, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, nineteen eighty eight, I went to watch. And that was my, you know, ever since yeah. I went to watch that race, that's why I Is love that this. Love this race, yeah. That's why I love that race so much. I yeah. bought a T shirt, Wobb's at the the last one. The, this one, there's a vintage '88 one Is up that? at the Prem stand. Never I paid 120 euros for it this year, even oh. though, even <laughs> though, even though I did have two back in the day. I had one of each color when I was a kid that Dad bought, and I've had to go and spend 120 euros. But I was like, for me, that was like. That was my first one. That was my like. Yeah, that's yeah, the one yeah. that stuck in my mind. How great an event it is, and then you get passionate about it, and that's what it, that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm touching on that, I'm sorry to hear about your Dad. He was a
2: legend. Yeah, no, thank and I don't,
1: you. I don't use them words lightly. No, he was tough
2: Ezra times, was a but boy. he was good, good man. We can
1: get some as
0: stories in later because oh. we're gonna we're gonna talk. A, we're definitely gonna go back to the very beginning and vision and all that in, in a little while. Um, we, I'm not sure. Anyway, now's probably a good time to. Um, to just say, by the way, you're spo- you're sponsoring this podcast, Wobs. get get a right? plug in right away. Oh yeah, that's you know, me. Yeah, go on, do your pitch. Just take, just just say about how good Dot Bob Titanium is. Yeah, and all yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but anybody else, by the way, um, that is listening, as we grow this thing, get in touch. Yeah, we're yeah. going to definitely want more people on board. Um, we are going to just not only be doing the podcast, we're going to try and add some more content to the channel, yeah. other than the podcast. That's yeah, where do some be factory out bike,
1: and about. Do some factory bike tests. Get some riders on, but. No, riders are not the most interesting are they bless them <laughs> they're also corporate. they're also politically correct no, we, we don't need... want, we want some interesting industry people we have got a really good lineup of people coming on who are going to shake it up we're going to talk some we're going to have a good time you need swore then you can
0: you're right i'm you're trying not to i'm do what you point.
1: want i just come back from qatar so i'm kind of talking myself out of sweat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to get locked up so yeah there's plenty more coming from us uh, at talk moto there's going to be loads loads of stuff um certainly i'm excited about doing the um the uh, evo bike tests evo bike tests we'll start off
1: with those because they're still here yeah strangely and um we'll do those then we get you know we're getting into factory bike tests it's the end of the season end of the day there's not much content from the races so we're gonna have to come up with content which is talking to industry types mechanics team members you know we've got the whole triumph thing to cut across we've got the whole electric bike thing to talk about there's loads of stuff Good guests like to. this,
0: see? So I told you would be a great first guest. Yeah. Well, we just, well, we're not even of, rolling properly yet. There's loads of
1: subjects we've we, got to talk about.
0: We have. Um, talking, going back to subjects, let's get to Mattelie next year, and let's sort of fast forward. Um, like you said, first time, that was your first year in the gig, so you were so focused on the actual team and whatever. Things have evolved since then, like you said, like fundraising for you know to, to make it happen with the budgets and stuff that you've got. So that's got to be a big thing, uh, not home advantage such as the crowd, but like we already need to start building up now, like get everybody in UK motocross out to get behind the guys. So have you, are you already to starting to think of
2: any sort of ways that we can incorporate the British crowd into and get them engrossed into the team a bit more? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I say before, first, first job is to get the, the green light from the ACU. Um, And if they're happy for me to continue, then, you know, we've spoken about some yeah. ideas and we've, been running that Team G B tour and we've had the dinner on the Friday night, we want to expand on that if we if we go forward and just really try and have a hub of Team G B like with merchandise and, and really really make a, a try to make a visual impact. Yeah. And try and get like people really front, bought so into it. Yeah, I basically like you said, Not if like you watch
1: that. If you can get track side, you know, like a big marquee track side with viewing.
2: Yeah, just to you get, know. but to get also from there, so we can try and get the merchandise out there, so that so that the fans are really engaged and get the riders over there. Not not to engage to a select few, to engage with the fans with the fans. You know, that's really yeah. important. It's again, it's like yes, that's great. The team dinner is great because it helps with some funding and the sponsors and the interaction. But then also as well to make sure that we we like we got everyone there to have some sort of contact and a chance to. Interact and and the riders can feel as though the whole whole the whole spectator the GB spectators are, are fully behind them.
0: Yeah, that would obviously give them a lift. I mean, you know, the French the last number of years obviously have been firm favourites or one of the firm favourites. And again, they with the home advantage, you could almost listen. is an amazing rider, we know that anyway. But watching his performance on the Saturday at Erne and then you know how he, oh, how he was getting that? the crowd they've behind some,
1: him. They've made some funky team choices last few years. There's, like, ignoring at sometimes and and there's guys who they just leave out. You're like, there's obviously a lot of politics at play somewhere there. I don't know what's going on. But But that's that's... people who have pissed somebody off at some point. (laughs) No more than
2: anyone. Well, I think think if you notice, like, that Paul-Anne was back in with the team this year and they all say that he was the anchor and he was the man that made it, like, the team event. Nice. And I think that basically when he stopped, it splintered a little bit from what I can gather. Um, and then they didn't want that. They, certain people got left out on like this year. It was like, right, try and bring that team thing back together. And he was like instrumental in that, yeah, all staying together yeah. all week and things. So, I mean, I think, he you know, he's obviously a, a passionate guy and you could see it like he was well... He oh, was, the it. event he was means a lot it. to him. The oh, amount of times
0: he, he's, he's done what he's done and won it, you know. So, um, but going back to what I was saying about Fevra, you know, like obviously they were working the crowd on Saturday, Fever in particular, yeah. even in the quality, you know, when he set... In qualifying, when he went quickest, he'd, he'd cruise round and stop and get them yeah, all yeah, on board yeah. and all that. So that brought a lot to it. But, you know, I watched him in that first race and, you know, he, he made a mistake with three to go, spun out, lost the lead. And they were sitting pretty at that point already. You know, he was second. I think Vial was back in fifth or sixth. You know, they could have quite comfortably on the, maybe even on the pit ball, you know, just hold it there, two 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 six is a brilliant start. He was having none of it. I don't know if he was told to push on, but he's like, no, I'm, from an individual standpoint, yeah. he's like, I'm winning this moto. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely having this back, and he just went straight back at Prado. Did he? And you know, and this, but it just elevated the whole. And yeah. right from there, literally, I mean, it was they were wild all weekend. But once that first moto went, that was it. It was like. They were off and running. What they had the crowd completely on side. So that's what I'm saying. They're like, on the front foot, aren't they? As yeah, well?
1: exactly. Yeah.
2: Not gate pick thirty six, was it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah. It does on, oh, the, on the, no. the, the, the complete opposites, wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: The gate pick makes a massive difference. But is the
2: start there really sided. It. It's just more risk. There's more The further out you are, yeah. there's more risk. And we got tagged, you know, in all three motos in some way. Oh, so goodness. you know, you're up against it when that happens. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about. The actual, you know, we spoke about the event and what it's like to be there and and that kind of stuff. So let's talk about the actual team, you know, and and the result. You know, it's it was uh, again, you know, you outlined quite clearly to everybody when we did the dinner on Friday and whatever. And I know you're going to stand by that that you know this that's that was the, you felt the strongest team at the time, you know. And we went there, and like I said we've had a couple of podiums before, didn't go to plan the year before that, so. How do you assess this year's performance as as a team performance and, you know, and, and review it in that way?
2: Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely not where we want to be. You know, that's for mm. sure. And it's, you know, I'm not going to lie and, and say I, any other than that. But um, I think being realistic, looking at it, if everyone stays on two wheels and you don't have any luck, uh, then we would have been we would have been pushed to, you know, to get higher than a sixth or, you know, with a bit of luck, you might get a, a, a better result. But it's, I just feel as though we didn't, it didn't really reflect where we're at. Um, other teams had bad luck, so you can't say that it's just we had some bad luck. We got tagged on the start a few times, but overall it was it was, you know, some things were okay, some things good were speed good. There. I
1: mean Conver had a good qualifier. Really good. Yeah. And you know, that, that's I guess, stage. you know,
2: you can't look back and but you go. You know, if buts and maybes, but like the whole thing of the momentum. When you lose that momentum, and you then got a bad g- gate pick, and then you have a problem in the qualifying race, yeah. you're constantly trying to fight back. And when you haven't got the strongest team, and we haven't got any world champions in our team, we haven't got any national champions, not nationals in US national champions. Yeah. When you haven't got that sort of firepower, you need everything to go your way. You need mm. a good start, and it just didn't quite happen. So. You know, it's, it's frustrating as it is, but all the guys know where they're at. I mean, you know, Josh put his hand up for to go on the two fifty. I said, "Will you ride the two fifty? I will ride anything, Mark, to be on that team." Oh, you know, so it. what can you say to that? The, Brilliant, you know, absolutely. And they, and they all put their hand up, and they all they all put the effort in. Conrad struggled. Um, you know, like I say, the loss of the momentum, like going from third in that in the practice on such a high. And then having that problem so did, in the so, heat yeah,
0: race, that problem in the heat race. So did did you did you what think that you affected mean? him?
2: That, what like, happened in the heat yeah, race? that affected his psychology with it all. Something something hit the um the cl- the hydraulic clutch cable. So, so the bot at the bottom, you know, it connects oh, to so the casing. Yes, yeah, so he lost his clutch on the yeah, first early lap. Doors, yeah, about halfway around oh, the first lap. So then he stalled it. He stalled J1. it in that race exactly. You know, and it, you've got to think of rider safety as well. So that wasn't what well, it wasn't. It was an, a freak accident. It's no one's fault, but that obviously didn't help then the, the, the flow into the weekend with, with everything else. And you, you know, the whole, you go back to the gate, pick different bits, but it's none of it's an excuse at the end of the day, we should have performed better, should have had a slightly higher, higher score. Um, but it is what it is, you know, like at the end of the day, we've also got, got to look at next year. You've got to look at Josh has never done it before. So he's been and blooded himself and done well. Um, ben stepped up as as team leader as such yeah. and because and, they're all quiet guys as well yeah, and like, i yeah. sort of forced it on ben that he's like the team captain as such and you know bless him he came straight after his heat race he came and spoke to josh before he went out you know and and he picked that up and had a and had a go at it you know so that's good again because it's someone who's not necessarily that type of person um to actually say yeah know, okay i'll take that role on you know you gotta yeah. have a lot of respect for that and, and i just felt i feel for comrade that you know, I don't want it to, it shouldn't be about him at the end of the day. Because it's again, it's about a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. Yeah. We've got to look at the overall performance. We've got to look at that. Do you think do you think
0: Conrad um is being made to be a bit of a scapegoat? Almost like the kind of Beckham scenario when he got sent off or whatever. They're, they're, they're expecting the more from Conrad Conrad's British champion. Yeah.
1: And there's an expectation that comes with that. And obviously the speed's there because he was third and practice yeah yeah so there's no question about well,
2: you, speed with Conrad no, no we all know we all know you what, you might know know what look what social media
0: or anything yeah but normally you know like they seem the British public seem to get on to him quite a lot you know and saying like how can this rider be so good and yet you know when, when he gets on a world stage you can't seem to replicate that speed in the
2: UK so uh, I'm just like your thoughts on that well like, I mean no I mean no one you know no one can understand that apart from Conrad and Conrad was beating himself up enough. You know, like I could see the look in his eyes. Like he was genuinely absolutely gutted um, for himself and for the team. So, you know, again, it doesn't, it, this, for this team and team GB to go forward, uh, it's definitely about sticking together and say to Comrade, look, you know, at the end of the day, he's got a lot to offer team GB absolutely. in my mind. Oh, so, so we, so, yeah. you know, we've got to look at that and he's got to look at that uh, and try and move forward. And you can, it's no good dwelling on things. And, and that's something that he, you know, he needs to address, and he knows that, you know. And bless him, it's, it's just I don't like to see that because it's not a nice thing if people are calling him out, you know. I haven't really looked to be fair, but that's not correct, you know. At the end of the day, he again, he needs to Heath, refocus on his Tommy own his own things lot. and move forward. And I still believe in the future he's got something to offer Team GB because he's much. such oh, a, such a class. Act.
0: How can listen? The, the talent's clearly there. You don't you don't qualify third in time qualific- qualification
2: qualification, no. you know. No, across the nation, credit to
1: for by being you know, a, a up and taking the whole team over there. That's
2: I oh, know Dave and Ryan, they've done, they done real, you know, they've supported us so much with it all, and and uh, you know, yeah, Rob and Willie. As a team and the beta guys as well. I mean, they were great. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I'm looking at it. I can see some positives, you know, like the beta thing. You know, they've got another, that's a fairly new bike. They've got another winter to work on it and listening to what they're saying, a lot of positives. So hopefully they can do a good job for Ben and Ben can have a good season you know i can't sit there and just look at all the negatives otherwise i, I there's no point in doing the job is there yeah. you know i'm picking apart and going okay yes yes i'm looking at the negatives going we need to work on that we need to look at that that needs talking about but at the same time like Let's look at some of those from my end, from the back side. I'm looking going, that was good. That was good. Okay, that's positive. Let's try and build on that going forwards. And then hopefully we've got a good selection of riders to, to pick from next year. I was just
0: going to say, currently as we sit, you know, it, it's a small pool of riders and it's,
2: it's got smaller down
0: years. And it has, we've addressed that, you know, about the talent so why, coming through.
2: So why no Dean Wilson? Dino like retired from motocross so the nations' last year was officially his last okay. motocross race and he said that and that's fair enough you know he, he's done a good job his knees are shot um and he's just like just yeah he's like, yeah me I can't do it is no. <laughs> <laughs> he got the strangest accent you've I know heard? bless him. he's such a good guy he's, oh, he's such, such a good a cool he's guy. such a good team player such but when he was when well. he was he was us, brilliant last
0: time there really good yeah as well actually really like regards to team bonding and not just with the riders, getting the fans involved. Yeah, fans you know.
2: and and, fans and riders alike. And that's where, uh, you know, like Dean was, like I said, go back to the Max. When Max had that good performance, it's like Dino was quite key to that. He's like, you know, Max is sort of like wanting to be on his own. I'm trying to get them all together in the same house. Max is a bit reserved and Dino in the yeah. morning for breakfast, he's got everyone up, put their hands in the middle and give it the old go team and what, you know, like he's just a good dude. You know, yeah, he's got a good, good vibe about him, which which then brings on that that atmosphere. And that's something to think about as well. You know, it's like getting the right mix of characters um, and trying to make sure they don't go into their own little zone. And that's going forward. Like, yeah, that's something I've, again, this year I've learned. It's like, okay, we maybe we need to be a little bit more forceful going forward with the way that the structure is because if you've got people that do sort of go into a a hole, let's just say personally, yeah, it's a responsibility of the team manager and the teammates to try and get them out of that hole. So that's something that I've learned from this year that wasn't it's not naturally,
1: you know, like it's an individual sport. You may be on a team with other riders as far as manufacturers or Beta or Kawasaki, whatever. It's an individual thing, I and mean, you all want to go out and do the best you can, but yeah. then to try and turn that around to have a team mentality for one weekend of the year, exactly. But
0: the, that's have but you ever the, had to pull any of, of, of them up on that down the year, like take one of them to the side and sort of say
2: that, Come on, you're not being a team player, yeah? Oh, definitely, yeah, no, yeah, 100%. no names, you don't have to no. mention names. I just wonder if you had to do that, <laughs> yeah, no, a little bit, yeah, definitely, because they're they're not used to it, yeah, they're, they're not used no, to it, exactly and that's normal. but then again, that's it's just getting the right message across and um, and building that team spirit. and. I think it's really important. I'm not saying like the French have got the the riders there, the world champions in their team. You can't say that it's all just about that, but that helps because if you've got one rider who feels oh, a little bit, oh, not quite feeling it today, and then you've got the other two that are, yeah, that's the whole point of getting them, them together and then so that they all understand. Okay, I don't want to, I don't want to let my mate down. And that's you know, the, from a rugby perspective, you know, that you've always. You can't let your teammates down, but motocross, you don't have that. So going forwards, again, like you say, with Dave, we are talking to Dave Willett, with those young kids, if we can ingrain in them early doors that it's about that team thing, then the later years will benefit yeah. from that.
0: Yeah. Before we sign off and we start potentially if second part, if we get into that, talking about your own riding career and motor vision, oh. which we might have to do in two sections, let's just sign off. On talking about this year's nations, um, I'm just going to make a shout out on a personal level, Josh Gilbert. I thought, you know, for his first time being on the team, having raced so many years with his dad, Andy, and you know, and, and knowing what Andy's like, you know, aggressive racer and all that kind of stuff, we had some great battles. But that, but Josh just seemed to be so relaxed by it all. I, I was expecting to be for his first one, way, way more like nervous, tense, particularly. As I said, not riding a bike that he's been riding all year. And I got to say, I, throughout the weekend, he, he impressed me so much with not only how he handled the event, but his
2: performance. So I, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Well, his girlfriend, Rebecca, said if he's any more laid back, he'd be sleeping. So I think I think he's definitely got the Cornish chilled <laughs> yeah. vibe going on. So bless no, him. No, he's done really well. Really proud of him. Uh, and like you say, the way he handled it. And you know, it was it was nice to see, nice to see, nice to see a Cornishman as well in there. You know, back yeah. to my roots a little bit. Well, it was nice to see him in there, and I'm sure that everyone was really proud of him. Yeah, I said the whole the
0: whole team. you, know, they, you can tell they they did yeah. good, you know. Okay, not the result you're looking for, but the, nobody you can't look and say nobody again looked like they they didn't put like put a shift in. them yeah. you know, like I said, we, there's people you know saying expecting more from some of them, but as I said, it's a lot of pressure. And, and just didn't just didn't happen this time around, did it? But you know we've got next year to look forward to, and we. And that's the point. Like you go again, Home you don't race. dwell on
1: it. Home race, kid. You got to make it count this year.
0: Yeah. No pressure. No, no pressure. <laughs> we'll be there in force. <laughs> so look, um, look. Let's hold it there, and we're we're gonna come back, and hopefully, if we got time, we're gonna talk about Motorvision, the good old glory days of Motivision, in the day. how you started, and I absolutely do want to talk about his opening lap at a mechanics race at a British Championship. <laughs> because it was one of the most wild laps I've ever seen. He can't (laughs) even remember it. (laughs) Um, So so we'll park it up there and uh, we'll be back shortly, hopefully talking some more about uh, Mark's own personal career and motor vision, which is a great conversation. That'd be good. Next time.